No one has to know, baby girl. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Casi Adulting El Podcast. I'm your host, Fatima, joined by my amazing co-host, Anais. We are so excited. This is week six. I'm so bad at knowing what week we're on, but I think it's week six, episode six. Eventually, it's just going to be like, you know, we'll be popping out these episodes like babies. Yeah, it's just it's just another day, another day, another week, another Wednesday. So yeah, thank you for again all of the support. Um, we love this, we love doing this, and we have so many plans for future episodes and the show. And it's only up from here. So we're gonna get into how we're doing. Anais, how are you? You know, yesterday I had a funky day. I don't know. It's because everyone and their mother was home because it was a teacher work mm. day and my mom works for the county and I literally, I can't, I can't work with people in the house. Um, I just can't do it. Like I don't go into an office. I don't talk to anyone all day unless we're recording the podcast or like I have a meeting, but I'm like mentally prepared for like no one to talk to me. So people were home all day. I was just like over it. But then I saw baby Mason, little baby Mason, we call him LBM in the fam and he just like you know he doesn't have a care in the world he doesn't know about taxes he doesn't know about oppression he doesn't know about anything except for like how much he loves applesauce and that Histia is like the funniest person ever (laughs) and like that just you know just like changed my mood and then I painted a pumpkin and I did cute relationship shit and I felt better so if you're out there and you're like why am I sad all you need is a really cute niece or nephew mm-hmm. friends are optional he didn't really like do much but it was nice period well so. I'm glad you're you had a better day towards the end of the day yeah and like Mason we had a little sleepover and he slept in my room in his little thing and um it's so cute if you ever had a baby like fall asleep on you and like put his chest like especially like a one-year-old you're like i want a baby (laughs) not really because then he starts like screaming bloody murder and i'm like i could go without that yeah yeah so but how are you girly girl i also feel like i'm in a funk right now and i don't really know what's going on i kind of feel like i'm having just kind of one of those I'm 24 years old, mini existential crisis, which I know is young and I need to just like shut up, but it feels big to me. And so I feel like I'm just, yeah, I don't know. And it's also been weird because I love fall. It's my favorite season. And I feel like I just haven't been in the spirit of it all lately. And now I'm like, Halloween is a week away. I haven't done, I haven't even been to a pumpkin patch and that's like my favorite thing to do. So I feel like something was just off. Yeah, so it's finally cold. I'm going to wear my fall sweater to work today because it's going to be chilly by the office. So little, little ways of feeling the spirit. But yeah, I mean, still, baby has not arrived still. So I feel like that is just going to be like a spark of joy and meaning of life once she's here and I get to hold her and be with her all day long. 
Um, I know that's Luna be will so be here. Different. I know that's gonna be so different. Like the transition of seeing Mason like every few months and like FaceTiming to seeing him in person, it's different. And I, I mean, we're not gonna have favorites. Like Luna's the OG, but it's gonna <laughs> be different. It is. But yeah, Luna's going to be here for a while for like the holidays, which is going to be so nice. We get to spoil her and play with her and, you know, do our performances with her since she's our little artist. So things are getting better soon is how I feel. So just got to keep moving along. Yeah, you got this. I mean, yeah, I feel like there's just kind of something in the air Mm -hmm. a little bit and it's not pumpkin spice cinnamon. You know, and it should but be. It should be. But Target started. You know what it is too? Corporate America. Yes. Yes. To Target. Well, one, it's working and working. Period. Like, period. If I didn't have to work, if I didn't have to work, it'd be over. It would be and so simple. It would be so over for everybody. And two, Target already released. There's rows of Christmas stuff. Rows. I can't even think about that right now. Like at Target, I think it's like three for five dollars at bull that the little bullseye, like getting a little Christmas tree, like honey bun, like wait for November first. Like right. do it overnight. Like and then there was like four things in the Hanukkah aisle. It was like <laughs> cat toys and dog toys and I laughed. As it um, always goes. But like let's slow down. What is the rush? I won't have money till November 1st anyway. No, exactly. What is the rush? Also, I can't even think about what. Do, how do I want to decorate for Christmas? Like, that is so far away. I, I can't do it. And I love Christmas. I love Christmas decorations. I love Target's Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. But I can't do that right now. It's too much. No, it's too, it's too early. It's too early. But yeah. as the holidays are coming up, I think that's a really great segue to just kind of complete our conversation from last week it was it was a tough conversation to have a lot of tough conversations that we've had outside of the podcast space and now in the podcast space but we wanted to talk a little bit more about therapy I know the holidays are really hard for a lot of people and just making sure our mental health is you know being taken care of I know it's a season of giving but also to give to ourselves and to give us the space to create those boundaries and I know that Fatima and I are both in the process of finding new therapists. Fatima, how is that process going for you right now? And how have you gone about that? Yeah, I have been putting it off for a really long time and not because I don't want to, just because I think the process itself can feel really overwhelming and you're like, I don't know where to start and I have so many options and what is it that I want and like all this stuff. But I finally did it. I kind of honestly just Googled like Bay Area therapists of color because it's really important to me to have a POC, especially Latina therapist if possible. And I found one and I did my consultation and I'm so excited. She was amazing. And I feel like it's going to be a really good step for me. And it's virtual, which I think like some people have mixed feelings about, but I think for working and like all that stuff, the convenience of it is so nice. Like I can just come home, get on my computer and, you know, pop on there and talk to her every week. So I'm really excited. Um, The process honestly was a lot easier than I thought it would be. But I'm also like lucky that I have insurance that covers like mental health services. And so the out-of-pocket 
paying stuff was not something I had to worry about, which I think is like a huge barrier for people a lot of the time. Yeah. But- and I wanted to touch on that too, because there are a lot of resources out there and a couple of things that I wanted to share of how that can be be done. Like you can go to therapy on a very low budget or not cost at all. I would say one is talk to someone who sees a therapist and see if that person, that therapist has any interns. Usually interns or students are looking for hours and they'll do it for free. Mm. I just got some therapists sent to me that I can reach out to, to start consultations with. And you, some of them are usually like older. They're not necessarily always all like 27 out of grad school or there are also a lot of other like like I got sent one who is a doctor of nursing they want to go into psychiatry I think she's a nurse practitioner and wants to go into psychiatry so she is doing like free pro bono therapy as well as going through bigger networks. Like I know that if you live in Chicago, I went through the Repogel Center, which is like through a church and they have, and you don't have to be religious or anything like that, but they did have like a sliding scale um, if you needed it. I Fortunately, I have insurance as well, um, but they do have those resources, again, interns and sliding scales. But I always like to look at the networks like, hospital networks or like repogal like places that are bigger just because private practices you're not gonna see the same pro bono or free opportunities so I just wanted to share a couple of things I know the first time when I first wanted to get into therapy I just asked my friend where she went and she's like yeah I asked like kind of the people around me who went to more of a a network someone that will match you with someone than like finding someone individually so yeah, I I started therapy in college because they had like a center and I feel like a lot of colleges and universities have that. I always hear mixed reviews though, like a lot of people don't like how therapy is done in colleges, but I think the nice thing is that they'll refer you out because a lot of them like limit the number of sessions and then they'll refer you to other people that and that's what happened with me and that's how I found my previous therapist was that they were like here's a list of referrals and Again, like for me, I think people have different preferences, but for me personally, I really enjoy and feel like it's beneficial to have a Latina therapist who can really connect with me about cultural things and like all the different things that make me who I am and like experiences that I've had. And I just want to share one thing that she said that like really like shook me to my core because I had never thought about this, but she asked me like to speak Spanish in our sessions. And like, I had never done that or thought about that. And she was like, you know, we carry things with us from our childhood or like experiences that we've had when we're younger or like at home or whatever it is. And you experienced all of that in Spanish, which means that you need to also process that in Spanish. Mm. And I was like, what? Like, that's crazy. Um, But I'm like excited to kind of go through that process and see what it's like and like what comes out of it. Um, But yeah, I think there's something really nice about having someone who can really understand like the nuance of your life and the things that you've gone through. But again, like that's not to say that everyone needs a therapist that has the same identities as them. I've heard, you know, people really enjoying therapists who don't. So I think it's like up to you. But yeah, the process can be daunting, but I think you always feel like 
that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be once you do it and you're like, all right, I'm, I'm ready. I'm set. But also people shop around a lot. And I feel like, you know, everyone's encouraged to try different therapists. And if it's not going well to try a different one and like, see what fits for you. So it's a process, but I think it's worth it in the end. And I think too, a big thing, like I had a male therapist my first time. And I think that was really big because I think, and not like, Hey dad, love you. But like, there's been other instances where I had to like rebuild those male relationships and just have someone that I can talk to about the things I talk about in therapy. So maybe sometimes we do need to talk to the people the type of people that we are trying to overcome things with, like whether that be um, like whether that be a male or maybe you really need to, you know, you're really going through some things that have to do with a lot of females, like kind of being able to talk to someone that looks like that, not looks like that person, but there's an aspect that represents them. So I know for me, like talking to a male for a while was really, really great. And I feel like once I got through all of that and like saw the other side of the mountain, I felt a lot better. And I feel like that's when he was like, okay, like I'm moving now. And I was like, oh, I think that you did your job. And like, this is the most I can get out of this relationship. I'm just going to find someone who can now help me in another way. Yeah, I think it it really is that like, you're not always going to have the same therapist for the rest of your life. You go mm-hmm. through periods of your life where one might be super helpful and guide you through that moment. And then you switch to another one like years later and they guide you and like support you through that moment. So I think that that's the nice part about it is that like you can always find what you need or are looking for in that moment. But we'll also share resources in the show notes about um, some of the things that Anais mentioned. There's also a lot of accounts focused around Latinx therapists. If that's something that you care about or that you're looking for, I think there's like a network that you can look up and and see if there's any in your area. So we'll share the link to that too. But I'm curious, Anis, because we talked last episode about kind of like the stigma around going to therapy, especially in our community and like being the ones who you mentioned, like your parents had gone to therapy, but you know, when you kind of embarked on that journey, how was it talking about that with your family or even friends or whoever you were sharing that with? Luckily with friends, it was a very great. That's great. I know a lot of my friends had been in and out of therapy and, you know, there's, there's always, I think I've, I've always been around people who saw mental health in a positive way. And a lot of people who, again, helped me find the right therapist, um, with my family. I think there's some people that are like, Oh, okay. Like, I don't know. They don't really know what to say. There are jokes here and there from like that one cousin or, you know, um, I remember one time I was in the car with my grandma and I was, we were actually on vacation and I was like, Oh yeah, before I go to the airport, I have a doctor's appointment. I had an appointment. I said, and it was therapy. And she was like, time she asked me, she's like, Oh, how was your appointment? I go, Oh, I had therapy. It was good. And she was like, Oh, (laughs) and like, that was that. And I was like, Okay. Right. Um, but it's not something that I really am like my mom knows and she's helping me find a new therapist and she's like always about it. But yeah, it's not something I like really go around and tell my family mostly because I'm talking about that. But I don't know, like it, I just feel like when I do bring it up, like no one else, I don't think a lot of people in my family do go to therapy. And if they do, like, we don't really talk about it, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. 
But like also what is there to talk about? And you know, like, yeah, that's fair. Did you have to like tell your family you were going to therapy, especially like I know a big thing is insurance. And when it comes up on the bill being like, oh, what is this? Yeah. So luckily I wasn't on like my mom's insurance or anything. So it wasn't something that came up. And I think that the sort of like nice part was that I was in New York. And so it's not like I was here and I would have to be like, I'm going into my room to do therapy. It was like, I'm living by myself and, you know, going in or doing virtual therapy or whatever. But then the pandemic hit and I was in therapy and it switched to virtual and I came home. And I think that is probably when I said like, Hey, I need an hour of quiet time, like don't come in my room, I'm doing therapy or whatever it was, you know? And I think that like, I was nervous about it because I think sometimes like people take it personally, like especially parents being like, why do you need therapy? Like, did I like fuck you up or whatever, you know, like, and I, again, like have such a great relationship with my mom that I was like, I don't want you to feel like I'm doing this because of you or anything like that. And so because she had been a social worker and had been around kind of that sphere, I feel like she never had like any negative feelings around therapy. It's just like not something that any of us had ever really done. But I think like as things started to come up in therapy and like I started to like come to revelations about things and like stuff like that, I started sharing more with her of being like, oh, I talked about this in therapy and like this was a huge like revelation for me about like this thing that happened or like this way that I act or like whatever it is, you know? And she was always like super willing to like learn and engage in that conversation with me. But yeah, I think for the longest time, like it was just me or like no one else talked about it. And I think it was like the opposite with my friends and just like the social circles that I was in. It was like, everyone was in therapy. And if you weren't, everyone was like, what the hell? Like you need to go to therapy. You know, like, I feel like it became almost this like, like stigma of not being in therapy, you know, which is like weird to have like the two happening at once. But no, I don't, it wasn't like this big dramatic like thing or I, I didn't really feel judged, um, for doing it. So I think I just was like, I need to do this and it's important to me. And everyone was like, okay, you know, Yeah, I'm usually like, I'm that, I'm that family member that's usually like drinking wine at a family event being like, I'm going to sit, talk about this in therapy later. Like, kind (laughs) of like joking it off. But you brought up a point. Oh, moms who are social workers who, well, I don't know how it is in El Salvador, but like in the schooling that I got, once my mom became a social worker, she knew everything everything Mm. about therapy and behaviors and the brain and why we do this and like Freud and needs and this and that. And I'm like, great. Where was this seven, 20 years ago when I was like growing up 27 years ago. And I think it's hard to have someone who holds space for other people but isn't the person not mm-hmm. that they can't hold space for you but there's that again like bias that that like you're my mom you are, you can't hold like that same space for me that is also very interesting to navigate yeah i don't know if That's you've had fair. that experience too um i don't know i mean i i not that 
it like stood out to me in that way, I would say. I just think that you go to certain people for certain things. And sometimes you want someone to give you like the hard truth and be like, buck up and keep it moving. And I feel like that is my mom for me. And so I feel like when I want to be Mm -hmm. like, all right, I need to get it together and like, keep it moving. And like, you know, I think that that is like how I get like, yeah, I don't know what the right word is like not comfort. Cause I'm not entirely sure that that's like comforting, but just like how I get support. But I think that there are other people that I'm like, I want to feel bad and sad and like have someone be like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you yeah. do. That. And yeah. I think that I usually get that from other sources. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Which I think is also just like a first gen thing, right? Like we went through so much that you could be where you are. Like we can't sit here and feel sorry for you, you know, which I think is unfortunate because sometimes people need that. But I also get like where they're coming from at the same time. Yeah. I think too, a lot of people, what I've seen specifically with men is they'll be like, oh, I went to therapy and it didn't help. Or I went to therapy and it's like the same things over and over. And it's like, then you're not getting the right therapy for you. Sometimes Mm -hmm. just, uh, what is it? Cognitive therapy isn't for you. Maybe you need like the rapid eye movement you need. You know, there's so many different kinds of therapy or there's psychoanalyst therapy, there's like cognitive therapy, like there's so many. And I think people are so quick to give up on it, especially in the community, because it's like, well, this is what I think therapy is. I think it's me sitting on a couch talking mm-hmm. and it's always like they always ask how does that make you feel not once have i ever really been asked how does that make you feel <laughs> no. because i'm either like saying or showing you how that makes me feel exactly. i'm just trying to like grapple with my understanding of why or where do i go from this how do i feel different you know what i mean and like see a different perspective and so those like i think there's just like a lot of stereotypes of therapy and it's really easy to be like well I tried it once because of x y and z and like didn't help and so Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna not do therapy yeah like it's a waste of time yeah yeah and it's like well one time if you work out one time are you going to be the strongest person in the world period no if you run one time are you going to be the fastest person in the world (laughs) no like it takes time and comfortability and it just means that you didn't find the person for you or the type of therapy for you you know what i mean like no it for sure takes time because i feel like i remember the first couple of sessions i would always just talk about like surface level things because i was like uncomfortable you know so i was like yeah oh you know like i went to class and then i hung out with my friends and like i feel like they were like okay and i think they let me do that because they were like yeah i understand that like this is what you need right now and like or i would talk about like work and being like oh i'm stressed out about like all this work that i have and they'd be like okay right. And then, you know, like three or four sessions in, I was like, well, (laughs) there's a lot more for us to talk about. Yeah, And I feel too, and something I thought about last night that I really wanted to talk about is, especially as we get older and we start seeing different therapists, I think there's this anxiety of, well, now I have to sit down and I have to tell you my life story Mm -hmm. and I have to, because that's like, I remember seeing, she's like, well, tell me about you. Start from the beginning. Like when, when I popped out my mom's vaheen and, you know, 10 minutes later, my parents were already getting divorced. Like that's, you know, so I, I'm trying to go in with this new therapist of like, there's a lot that I've already 
put to rest or have a good understanding with. There are just some things that now have come up that bring up things that I hadn't had to touch upon. If there is something that I have to bring up or like kind of give you a spark notes, I will, but I mm-hmm. might just start off at going from like the last seven years, like 20 to 27. And, and maybe I'll give you some key pointers of like, who is who in what situation? Right. What is what? Where are they now? And that's it. Because that's a lot to like those first couple of sessions, especially when you're kind of like me and you're like, let me tell you the trauma of my trauma. Let me tell you where my trauma <laughs> has trauma. Like, let's go back six generations and I'll tell you who there had trauma. Right. How I'm living with it now. It's exhausting. It is really, really exhausting. It doesn't have to be that way. Like you can really mold your sessions to what you need. And if you don't need to relive those things again, because we've put them in a safe place where it's like folded up and now it's just kind of like a part of you, then that's great. But um, I know that can kind of deteriorate people when they are either moving or, you know, need to find a new therapist for whatever reason are those initial conversations. Mm -hmm. That was what my thesis was about, by the way, generational trauma. So happy to chat whenever you want. (laughs) I would love for you to just read it as an audio book. It was intense, man. It was intense. I think it's, it is like an interesting thing too, about like sessions being like an hour normally and you're sitting there dishing out all your trauma crying doing whatever it is that you need to do and then the hour is up and you just have to like go about your day I think is like so funny to me because I think that I'm like a very I I put on this image of like very strong like high functioning like you know and and I think part of it is like I put that on and like other people put that on me, but I feel like I would like, you know, go through all this stuff in therapy and then I'd be like, all right, wipe the tears. Let's get it going, you know? And like, I was still sitting with stuff, but like, I just felt like I had to be the strong one and like the one that didn't show like the struggles that I was going through. And that is a really large weight to carry. And so this is just a PSA to check in on your quote unquote strong friends or the ones who seem to have it all together because they don't. And they also still need like love and support from you. So I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the only downside to uh, telehealth and virtual um, therapy, because at least like I remember what I would go to therapy and you had like that, whatever amount of time that you had in your car to get there in the train whatever and then you had some time back before you left to either like just again drive or be on the train decompress go for a walk whereas like you just maybe just close the tab and then work is right there Mm -hmm. you have to walk out and your whole family is in your ear and I remember even like one time I felt so bad because it was my graduation weekend And I was like with my whole family for like three days. My dad still had another like two days. And in between all of that, I had therapy. And I just like after that, I was like, I dad, like I have to go to bed. I know you're in town, but like I need to take a nap because between physically being with everyone for the past like week and now therapy, like I, it's exhausting. And so I think maybe having some practices like journaling or just making therapy two hours on your calendar yeah. can be really helpful if you're not 
commuting to therapy or you don't kind of like walk away from that space. I'm a big believer in like energy and things like that. So I think that space, that energy also kind of like lingers in your bedroom mm-hmm. or in your office and kind of just taking us way to like grab your Palo Santo, grab your sage, you know, burn a little bit of incense, put on yeah. a little a little velita with, you know, whoever and kind of like get the energy moving again. Mm-hmm. Or like take a walk, get outside, yeah. get into a different environment because yeah, it can be a lot. And then you're kind of just sitting there like, well, time to put on some Netflix. Let's see. Yeah. This is my life. Right. Yeah. Um, but speaking of everything that you just said, I think that there's like something to be said about coping mechanisms or like things that we do to take care of our mental health outside of therapy as well, because I think it's a great tool that we have, but there's other things that we do. So let's, let's talk about some of the things that we do um, to take care of ourselves too. Yeah. I definitely think a big one for me in the last year six months especially since i moved has and this is gonna sound so like hippie but it's connecting with my inner child yeah like hanging out with mason painting pumpkins what i'm trying to think like doing the things that i love to do at like 13 i think actually it's now more my inner my inner child when it comes to mason and just that like energy that he gives but my inner teenager like really just making videos design I don't know like reading a lot I've been reading so much I used to read all the time as a teenager like when I was like 12 13 years old what else honestly for me lately talking to people who are a little bit further removed than like my college friends or like my everyday friends like you or some of the area other area ambassadors just because they're not there or they don't know like they know me but in a way that it's a little bit less i don't know how to explain Mm -hmm. it but yeah i would say just like someone is a little bit more removed but still is close to me like not my best friend of 15 years because that's kind of a whole different conversation than what i need sometimes and yeah going to the beach i love that i live like right by the beach and going into like the sand and the water especially at night just like very inner child healing, inner teenager healing. I think having really good girlfriends has really healed that in the last few years and like going on like trips and stuff. But yeah, like taking pictures, being unapologetically online. Um, and yeah, just like doing like crafts is always fun. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I think I'm a very like nature person. And so I feel like I... There's nothing I find more calming than like the water. And so I think that so many times when I'm really going through it, I will drive my car to the beach or to like a lookout and just park and like sit outside and kind of breathe and watch the waves and kind of just like take a moment to also realize like the world is so much bigger than me. And I think sometimes there's comfort in being like, I know it feels like it's the end of the world and this thing is so big and daunting and horrible, but I'm just a little speck in this big, huge world. And like, I do find comfort in that sometimes of being like, okay, now I can like have some perspective on this and really just be like, it's not that serious. Like we're going to get through it. So I feel like that, or like going on a long walk or a hike, I think that's like the best part about living where I live is that there's so many hikes and trails and like different things that you can do. And sometimes I'm just like, I need to be away 
and just be like out in nature. And I also think like I'm, I have come to realize recently that I am an external processor, even though I had convinced myself I'm an internal processor my whole life because I didn't always like to talk about things. And I was like, I need to keep it to myself. And like, I need to deal with my stuff by myself and whatever. Um, And so I just feel like spending time with my friends and just like talking about stuff is really nice. And it, it, and I don't even mean like, Oh, this I'm talking about my trauma with my best friends. Like, Mm -hmm. no, really just like talking about like, Oh, this thing happened at work. And like, let's Mm -hmm. think about it. Or like, you know, talking about whatever, you know, like I just feel like there's such a peace and like being with your people and talking about stuff and just like, chilling and like saying whatever thought that you have, you know? Um, and I think lastly, and this is like something I'm really bad at. And so I really want to get better at is like stepping away from the digital world, honestly, because I think that it does like take out a lot for me and like overwhelms me sometimes. And so I'm like trying to put my phone on do not disturb, but like that freaks me out because I'm like, what if someone needs me and I need to be there for someone and like whatever, you know, but really just trying to be like, okay, like it's bedtime. So my phone is going to be on do not disturb because I deserve to get rest at the end of the day. Or like I'm with people and I don't want to be distracted or whatever it is. But I, again, like I really struggle with it. And I've been trying to like do research on lowering cortisol levels because it's been like a huge struggle for me. And Lauren Balswick, Bostic from the Skinny Confidential, she's really good about talking about all of that. She, I mean, she makes a lot of money, so it's sometimes like a lot, but I always love listening to her podcast because she talks a lot about moving from LA to Austin mm. um, and lowering her cortisol. So. Okay. I love her. Yeah. It's just funny. Cause I feel like I did so much research and everything is like, just relax. And I'm like, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I literally there's can't. Little things, there's little things like red light therapy, even mm-hmm. just turning on the shower, like putting a cold, cold shower for like three minutes, things like that, that go a long way and remove a lot of the things that increase your cortisol like for you maybe hit workouts and running isn't the best for you because it does increase your cortisol maybe mm-hmm. you just need to do a lot more walking and pilates and things like that fyi if you didn't know i'm a health and wellness coach if anyone needs coaching i'm here um for you but <laughs> that is our ad this is this no, is literally. sponsored by anais Dominguez wellness um anyway but yeah like there's a lot that goes in it that's not just like, oh, remove external stressors. No, it might be like when you're sleeping, put your phone in another room or mm-hmm. get red lights instead of the yellow lights because that is going to calm you down. If you're reading from a Kindle or an iPad, use dark mode versus, you know, that blue light all the way up. Um, Just things like that or caffeine, alcohol. I've honestly have not had much alcohol since I moved I have like wine and you know I like I would say I have like a drink or two a week if that but that has really helped me to um seeing like what is my anxiety and what is alcohol induced anxiety mm. That's real. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many little things. And I feel like for me, I'm starting with like, I'm going to put my phone away or try to maybe read a book before I go to sleep instead of like watch a show, you know, go on a walk, like do things that like just calm you. Um, so I'm working on it. 
I'll report back at some point and let you know what's yeah. been working. <laughs> I, always say, I always tell people when I'm like coaching or just talking on Instagram, start simple. Mm-hmm. Start with what you know and build from there and start with something you love, right? Like if you don't love putting your legs on the wall, don't put your legs on the wall. If you mm-hmm. don't like meditating, don't start with meditating because you're just going to like stress yourself out a little bit more because you're trying to force yourself to do something that like you don't like. Let us Sorry. know if we should do a health and wellness self-care episode because I'm here for it. We should. So I think this was a really great conversation, a really great way to wrap up the therapy and mental health conversation. I hope in the future we will have Latinx, hopefully social workers, therapists, people who are making moves and talking about this kind of stuff and getting different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was this was great. How are you feeling? I feel like we just had therapy. Yeah, it does feel that way. No, I mean, I think that like for anyone listening, I really hope that this made you feel like you can do it too. And that like, it is normal. And that's really what we were trying to do with this entire Mm -hmm. episode was really just normalize the conversation so that people feel comfortable talking about wanting to go to therapy, going to therapy, talking to their family about it, talking to their friends about it. And I think that like, everyone has their own situation. And so whatever feels comfortable to you, like do that. But we are here using this platform to really just be like, we're here for you. It's normal. If someone is questioning you, make them listen to this episode (laughs) because it really should just be another part of our lives. Um, And so especially for our POC Latinx Mm -hmm. listeners, which is normally a little bit harder to have these conversations, we're here for you and like hope that it goes well when, when you feel comfortable doing it. Right. And therapy doesn't have to look the same for everyone. You don't have to go weekly. You can go bi-weekly. You can go monthly. You know, I think everyone can benefit from that. But you can also look at it as like a car tune-up or you're, you know, going in every X amount of weeks or months just to Mm -hmm. like check in with someone who isn't in your day-to-day is just very helpful. Yeah. So that concludes our episode. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next Wednesday with another one. So stay tuned. Um, Take care of yourselves. Take a break if you need it. Mm -hmm. Click on the resources that we'll have if you're searching for a therapist. We hope that they're helpful. Follow us on Instagram, on all the places. Rate, review this podcast. Please do. do. On Apple. So far, we have five stars because I'm the only person who's left five stars. Um, No, I did it on Spotify. We have five five stars on Spotify. Amazing. So be the sixth person. If you're the sixth person, I'll shout you out on Instagram. Um, Yes. (laughs) But yeah, so I hope everyone has a great day and i guess by this time it'll be november so happy november yes that's all that's all folks ciao ciao